0: by this time i had written uh, a very long script came to the reality i was gonna have to cut this into three pieces the force is the core of star wars and you have to be careful when you answer too many questions about it
1: concept design I think is so critical. I mean, it's something that perhaps is underappreciated because it sets the
0: template. It sets the aspirational goal for what the movie should be. Awesome. Well, welcome back, old buddies. This is an exciting night for all of us. This is the 21st episode of The Forces Behind Star Wars. Uh, my name is Ken Bishop, and I have a, a bunch of guests with us tonight. So if you go around the around the horn and let everyone know who's on who's on with us tonight,
2: uh, I'll go first. Anthony Guard, I'm usually here. I am in the Death Star. That's me. <laughs> and then we have next to me on my left. I don't know if you guys can see it. On my left, we have Dexter.
3: How's it going? It's good Dexter. to be back.
2: Yep. See Emmanuel. him on the uh, the. What set what, what is that that you're on there,
3: Dex? Uh. I believe it is the uh control room, I believe, of the uh rebels, I believe.
2: The
0: rebel base on Yavin Floor, yes. I think. Yavin have those
3: 4. lines ever moved? Have they, anyone seen
2: those
0: lines move at all? Or are they always static? They just had that weird marker that they would hold up against it, the, the right, right.
1: <laughs> But it looks really cool.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: And below Dex is Steve Pershing. Hello, everyone, and greetings. Glad to be here with all these wonderful Star Wars fans. And my background in this Zoom call is the Millennium Falcon, as always.
0: And I chose Dexter's Diner for tonight. And I also have to remind, uh, not remind everyone, but announce to everyone that unfortunately, Demetrius isn't going to be able to join us tonight. He's got real world stuff going on. Um, so we all raise the glass to Demetrius tonight, and we're going to do our best to have a, a, a fun, fun show uh, him to listen to uh later on and going back to that idea of a fun fun show this year is the 20th anniversary of -hmm. attack of the clones and so i figured that what we could do is we could get together tonight and talk about the 20 things that we love about that movie and before we get into it, let's kind of you know get into that time machine that hot tub time machine go back to 2002 and so what 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 was star wars like for you guys in 2002
2: i don't remember anything about 2002 what happened that year All i remember is it's the year after 2001 and that was a horrible year <laughs> like i like honestly i have no idea what happened that year like, i'm gonna look it up on the internet right now and see what happened in 2002 unless somebody else has something you can throw out
3: not nothing that i can think of i i agree with you anthony it's uh It was a long time
1: ago. That was the year I moved to California. Oh, that's a big deal. Shortly after episode two, I moved to Los Angeles. So just a few months after. Okay, well, here's some other things
2: besides him moving to Los Angeles. The Winter Olympics were held in Salt Lake City. Uh, The FIFA World Cup was held in South Korea and Japan. Uh, United Airlines, the world's seventh largest airline, went bankrupt uh george w bush called um somebody the axis of evil um oh the euro became a currency that's a team that's like a big thing uh kmart filed for chapter 11 and the dc sniper killed 10 people remember that i remember that uh everything else is just depressing so i'll just skip it all oh uh elizabeth smart who was um kidnapped uh was then found alive so that was a good that's some good news
0: nice and this movie came out
2: and this movie came out
0: yes (laughs) i don't think the the hype for this movie was nearly as large as it was for the phantom menace i mean I, i thought the world went absolutely bonkers for the phantom menace a few years before this um and there was still a lot of excitement around it because it brought back Obi-Wan Kenobi which is which is real fun to talk about tonight. Well, hello there. That uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer just recently came out and it looks pretty dang good. It looks like it's going to be a, a a very fun show for six episodes and uh, while it may be fun, it's also from what I've read is has the potential to be a little bit dark and bleak and good. Um exciting in those ways
2: good i want dark and bleak yes
0: i mean not to get off
3: the uh, subject but do you guys feel that that could have just been a movie like a three and a half hour movie instead of six episodes or
2: well six hour episodes right they're hour long oh, so it's really yeah it's supposed to be six uh, hours of stuff yeah i
1: didn't know so that that that's a trilogy hour. that's yeah, a trilogy
2: yeah. yeah essentially right
0: yeah and i think originally it was meant to be a movie Right. Um, with with disney plus and the success that they've had with the streaming stuff they decided to stretch it out a little bit more and you know like you said steven that's 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 a trilogy worth of, of mm-hmm. content you know piped into to our houses wednesday mornings or whenever they decide to to put it out there for us
2: and we were talking before like do star wars do they need movies anymore or can we just live off these shows because at this point i know people like movies and i go to the movies every two weeks so i'm a constant movie goer but do i want another star wars movie i actually at this point i don't even know i like the shows and i, I never thought i'd say that actually <laughs> i think the I shows do. have more the ability to get things right than what happened with you J- because it just seems like movies star wars movies have either they're great or they're like something's messed up you know
1: Cause it, I, I, I think it's because there hasn't been a plan with the Star Wars movies, uh, the recent ones anyway. So uh, like episode uh, seven, eight, nine. you can tell there wasn't a cohesive plan. There wasn't directors in place. There was a lot of stuff going on there, but the movie theater experience that opening night, I there's nothing better, especially got, a okay. Star Wars movie. So yeah, I'm hoping that all these shows come together and give us some kind of like maybe even a Mandalorian, the Battle of Mandalore, you know, movie. And I, we'll all be there.
0: So Let's let's talk through our, our rhythm for tonight as we go through the, the, the 20 things that we, we liked about Attack of the Clones. So we'll start off with Anthony. He'll give us his first nugget. We'll switch over to Dexter, Steven, and then I'll round it out. And we'll continue with that rhythm. We'll continue with that pattern until we get to that magic number of our 20 favorite things about Attack of the Clones.
2: All right, well I'll start with something that I think shows my age. So I will start with The Politics of the Republic. So one of the things I really like about this movie, which is a slower paced movie, it's not my favorite movie. It's not it's 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 one of those movies that has some bits that I would probably want to redo if I was if I had the power. But one of the things I really like about it, it's the first one that really gets into the politics of what's going on with all the planets right and as you get older these things mean something to you right so you know the, the way that they're, they're they're positing that these planets don't agree, they can't agree on anything and the war is the way that they caused the war um, was meant to create this hatred Uh, and this fear that then the clones would be able to come in and 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 quell people's appetite for 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 justice and vengeance. So all these plans that the emperor put together would come to fruition. And and then the way that I think Amidala says, so this is how the you know, I forget the exact line, this is how
0: Democracy dies.
2: Democracy dies, a thunderous applause, right? Mm -hmm like all that stuff came to fruition. And I realized it came to fruition before the movie, but I didn't know the politics before the movie. I wasn't really into politics that much, but looking back at all the stuff that happened in the last 20 years, a lot of what that movie spoke about is happening in real life, you know, about people fooling, uh, pretending to be somebody else uh, with secret agendas, uh, people fracturing, um. Parties fracturing when they should be agreeing on something, right? A lot of the stuff that George Lucas wrote about back then was basic human nature that has been repeated time and time and time again in history. But a lot of us weren't really exposed to that. And it was my first exposure to it. And seeing it play out in real life is honestly frightening because of the way that what happens in Star Wars that the Emperor takes over. Um, And I think that's the thing that I take the most out of this movie is the politics. I think the politics are dead on realistic this is how humans operate in the context of star wars and i think it's a really really well done part of the movie
0: what did you think about the little little nods to the other politi- the other real world politicians like newt gunray and and things like that <laughs>
2: i didn't even notice that you know i think the only
0: play on newt gingrich
2: I think the only thing I noticed, which is which is in a way controversial, was when they had the E.T.s in that pod, right? So they had the the character E.T. from the movie E.T. in that like political like little pod that they had the representative pod. So you start thinking like, okay, where well, where are they from, and does that connect them to Earth, right? But that's not really political, but it is in that room. Nice. And I mean, I mean, Dax and 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 Ken and and. Steve, what did you guys think of the politics? Was it over everyone's head at the time? And it just, you know, am I alone in thinking like this guy was pressing and saw the future?
3: (laughs) Not at all, actually. I I agree with you totally. I mean, what was it, 20 20 years ago, I believe you said? Yeah, Uh, you're right. We just had a whole different mindset, a whole different way of thinking. And for me, I just wanted to see Star Wars. You know, I wanted to see battle scenes, spaceships, stuff like that, which we didn't get that much in, you know, the one prior to that. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Like uh, I just rewatched it again today just for a little refresher. And I agree with you, like the, the politics part of it, it does have a little bit more meaning than it did 20 years ago. for me, at least.
2: Did it throw you off back then? Was it something that you saw and you're like, ah, oh, this is boring. Where are the space? Yeah. People?
3: Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't follow. I really, I mean, now I know the whole storyline and what's going to happen, but at the time I was like, I don't know where this is going. I'm not sure, you know, I mean, I knew about the emperor and stuff, but the politic part, I was a little confused, you know, at the time, but I follow it a lot better now with all the different shows, all the different movies and books and everything else that comes out. So, so I agree with you totally, actually, so.
2: Well, what about you, Steve, did it throw
1: you off? When I first saw it, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting politics, you know, but then again, you know we all know what happens to palpatine we all know he's the emperor so uh in watching it back then i remember actually really getting into that which is weird because i'm usually not getting into politics like that uh mainly because i've known was, you for like 30 years i don't think i've ever heard you yeah uh, I, I i choose not to and it's 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 politics and i'll choose the politics over the love story over the you know so that's the one thing about that movie the politics is what shines now and i'm not sure if you guys uh, know this but Order sixty six. Do you know the date that was that was uh, that was given? That order. No. It was January sixth in Star Wars time. Yes, January sixth. Oh. Yep. And that's the date that the Capitol building was invaded. It's exactly it. So that's Order sixty six in modern day, and that's the, what you guys are talking about—the scary side of things. Oh, how can it? You know, you have the Senate, you have this, you have that. Thank God that you know the uh, you know countries have you know, other things in place, that's why we don't have the uh, monarchy, you know, where the king rules everything. So, but looking at it like this, I mean, of course, he makes himself the emperor, you know, at the end of of three there. So, but the politics part of it, now looking back, it is probably my favorite part, because it shows how Mm -hmm. a republic can change. Right. And, you know, and with just, and the planning that went into that, that planning of the clone army, and all that stuff, that stuff has been years in the making. You know, so that's the scary part that it was this long plan and it played out perfectly, which the emperor could be, you know, one of the smartest bad guys in history. And I think that's what makes the the prequel trilogy so well written. Such
2: a classic because George Lucas, there is a, like you said, there's a plan here. This stuff was not random stuff to the writer just decided to add this in because it was dramatic in that movie. There's all these pieces that were put in place over years and years and decades that all come to fruition all at one shot. And what's scary about it, and why we go back to that line, it's just how democracy ends with thunderous applause. I have heard people say that and quote that line in real life, you know, over the last four years. And and you get these personalities that are so strong, they can say whatever it is you need to hear, because they have an ulterior motive, and they're so good at like fooling you. Um, And I think that's something that when you think about it, isn't just a little scary, it's shockingly scary. What happened in that movie almost became our reality. And actually, in a way, it did. Um, and I'm not going to get into the politics of, you know, the current thing going on with Russia and Ukraine, but all of this stuff is connected. So what Star Wars did there in this movie, Ken, going back to, the, you know, obviously we're talking about what I liked about the movie, was a prescient look at politics that was then thrown in our face in real life so that we realized how well written this movie actually was
0: and look at how it connected to things that happened before it i mean the whole rise of palpatine you know mirrored the you know the rise of of adolf hitler in, in in germany you know so george lucas looked like you said earlier looked back at the past took nuggets from those those real life things that happened and put them in this this space fantasy space opera kind of thing for for us to be talking about for years and years and years and it may may surprise you but even 20 years ago I was still talking like the nerd that I am today trying to feel like wait a minute so if he did this and that means this other thing had to happen it's almost like you need to have this big flow chart of of how all these parts were put into motion to happen the way that they did it's 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 quite quite impressive about how it all came together that way
2: yeah, like when King, when, when Ben Kanubio was Saifudias, he passed, you know, but the whole history of putting whole, all that together was written in a, such a way that was really unique, right? Like you don't see stories written that are like buried in layers of like intrigue. And I think the way that they wrote what happened with the Clone Wars was not written in a way to just get it over with, it was written in a way that real people kind of tend to act this way. So whether he was inspired by real people in the creation of the rebellion or the creation of a, you know, when Hitler was uh, was creating these armies, if he was inspired by that, it, it just extremely, it comes off extremely well and it really holds up over time.
0: All right, thanks for going first, Anthony. So what's your <laughs> I was I was next? forced to
2: do it, Ken, by you.
0: <laughs> I twisted your arm, I know. Uh,
3: yeah, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm up next uh, for yes, me. Um, totally different way off the, uh, the politic thing for me, uh, being an artist and, um, uh, being inspired from star Wars since 1977, I, I get excited for the, the art books. So mm-hmm. like, I just couldn't wait for the next, you know, the DK book or the, the art of book and, um, and, you know, just to see all the, you know, the, the different artwork concept work and it was, it was very exciting to me. So it was almost like a, like a double dip type thing. So I got to see the movie, which was exciting. And I then after the movies, I just couldn't wait to get the books, you know, afterwards. So it was almost like a continuation of excitement, <laughs> I guess. But uh, even to this day, I mean, I pretty much have all of them and I I, I go to them all the time. So uh, what are really- your
2: favorite designs from this movie?
3: Well, for me, uh, obviously like the alien designs, the, the ship designs. I mean, we can go back to the Naboo ship, which is, more than popular right now thanks you mean the, the
2: the big the silver the queen ship because that was the oh, first yeah. time the queen no the queen ship did it show up the first one oh
3: yeah oh, yeah absolutely yeah it did, like, it, did, it did it did yeah yeah before it got blew uh, then they blow it up or something they blew <laughs> but, it up
2: uh, in this one right right at the right, beginning
3: right. but uh yeah the nabu star fighters uh awesome you know and um but for me like the alien design like i love the um you know the the pit when all the, the monsters were coming out and they had the you know, all the Jedi show up and all The different monsters, like uh, the what was it, the Aklei? Yep, uh, was really cool, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, all, all, all of them. Is this the first cool. time the Jedi Starfighter showed up? I believe so, yeah, I think it is. Before it, it changed in the, the next film, but yeah, because they had the um, uh, what was it, the ring around it to help it uh, go, yeah, yeah, the, the the hyperspace, hyperspace, right, right. So that was cool. I mean, it was just so many. Like, I, I look at the movies differently than most people. I look at the art side of it and the, the design of everything. Yeah. So, um, and just seeing all new, new stuff was just exciting for me. So, so now what do it. you
2: think about? What do you think about? Now, Ken, this is the, the, I'm going to bring up a controversy, Ken. I'm going to oh. be controversial. How dare you? The, the <laughs> R5 in Ben Kenobi's ship, right? So, Ben Kenobi's ship, when you put the R5 unit on top, is too big to fit through. Yeah,
3: right. yeah, Steve, yeah, yeah, Steve knows, right? Little legs would
2: be like. <laughs> so what's going on there? Ken, Ken, explain. Think, what is going on, Ken, with that design?
0: It'll be magic. It may have just. <laughs> may I have think just the, the shoulders.
1: <laughs> I think the legs bend backwards and right. it's into just the, the can that goes the in. The legs itself, actually, go, yeah. They, yeah,
3: the legs go into the yeah. wing. Like the R2 figure, you can just flip the legs up, you
1: know?
2: <laughs> All right, so I have one more question about design. So, the Millennium Falcon, the gunner station, the way that the bottom gunner station where the gunner sits, how does that work? Is there like, because I read something like in the art book that, that Dex was mentioning, there's something about a, a, a hyper localized gravity field in the gun turret. Right, <laughs> What's right, going right. on with that?
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, I think one of the one of the fun things about Star Wars is they a like you said they've got those art books so so people can watch the movie and then go look at what people put on paper to 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 show up on film and they they often have those um those scientific kind of stories behind so so someone yep. sat down for the like you said Dexter the, the DK books and they wrote out like the encyclopedia explanation of a lot of these things and there are hundreds, if not thousands of entries for all of these things from, from little weapons to creatures, to ships. Um, and it just feeds the, the imagination of, of, of kids and adults like us who, 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 who devour these things, movie after movie after movie.
1: Agreed. And plus, we don't know how tall R5 is. I mean, did we see his whole body? i'm not sure was he beeping around did we see him driving around i think he did pop out no, did he, did he? All right. i don't know if he did i think no, we I might think have like seen him get R5. loaded in he he might just be a short little guy <laughs> yeah he could be like yeah
0: you know, is, is, five it's, it's kind of crazy, crazy that you mentioned awesome.
1: that yeah. it's crazy it's thing. Like, it's like chopper
3: a, yeah chopper's a lot smaller than yeah. like an r2 unit so
2: it's crazy that you mentioned that because i don't
3: think i've ever seen him yeah, yeah. maybe not yeah
1: and Chopper, yeah, I cannot one. wait for a live action Chopper. I'm telling you, everyone else is looking forward to these other things, but yeah, Again, <laughs> well, yeah, we'll so like,
2: wasn't he? Wasn't he in? Wasn't he in? Like, yeah, just in
1: the background. One? I, yeah, I
3: want to see little, him. Yeah, he's in yeah. one for a second yeah. or two, but well,
0: there's there's possibility of seeing him in the Ahsoka show, or yeah, um, or maybe even Andor. You know, yeah, we, yeah haven't, right. we haven't really found yeah. out who's going to be in that. True. Yeah, that's right. So, all
2: right so much Steve good it's your turn
1: what did you like about so for me book? for me it's going to be the technical side so uh that was the first digital projection uh film uh that was shot totally on digital and converted oh so really? that was the very first very first one that was shot digital and there was huh? only a couple movie theaters you can see it with digital projection so I actually went to New York City and went to the, uh, the Ziegfeld uh, Theater, which uh, is still around, but they changed it into like an art and entertainment place, but it's a huge theater. I think it had a thousand seats in this thing, and it was full. I was in a, a full theater, so it's one of the old-time theaters, huge, lots of people, a lot of excitement. I think it was the second second weekend, and it was still packed, and that, seeing it in digital, just how amazing it looked even the uh the following preview uh you know that green slate that we're all used to seeing that was so crisp and clear and then the movie starts and there was a lot of dig saying oh it's not you know digital but absolutely paved the way for everything that we you know take for granted now in the digital realm and to see that in that theater with a crowd it was absolutely amazing so that was probably the second largest group i've ever seen a movie with because I think it was almost full, other than the Chinese theater out here. I saw um, a movie that was a packed house a couple of times. And that one also had a thousand people back before they redid it for IMAX. Thousands but that yeah, yeah. And it was incredible. And that theater, it was worth the drive to New York City. I stayed near, it was just to go see that movie. And absolutely the, you know, my takeaway from that is just seeing the future and just how a, the movie is absolutely beautiful. Even mm-hmm. though it's green screen and, you know, we see green screen done poorly and, and you know, in, in film since. But that movie, it is absolutely all the design and stuff that Dex talked about. The design work in episode two is absolutely fantastic, especially Dexter's Diner. That's right. That's, that's for you, Dex. <laughs> I
3: hear
1: you. Well, Coruscant is gorgeous. I mean, the whole
2: city's done oh, yeah. so well. And then they have the hot rod cars. We'll, we'll get into right. the stuff. it.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Ken, how about you? What did you like? Well, Steven,
0: about- let's go back to what Steve was just yeah. talking about real fast because it, it just is another example of George continuing pushing the envelope with all the movies that he makes, you know, so and, you know, pushing the envelope for how the movie is made and then ultimately pushing the envelope in terms of how it's shown because him and his team put a lot of time, effort and energy into making sure that theaters had the kind of equipment to show the movies that he was making you know, whether you're talking about the THX um, sound or the, the digital the, the digital screens and the digital projections, projectors and stuff. So, you know, George was continuing to push and push and push. Um, so that at that time was the, 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 the height of, of technology. Absolutely. So I, I can appreciate that as well. And it gets me um, super stoked to see what is to come. I mean, if you think about like the volume that they're filming movies in now and stuff like what is possibly next? Like, it's it's, it's it's crazy to think about. And for me, you know, Anthony, you just mentioned uh, the, the, the Hot Rod Speeders and stuff. One mm-hmm. of the things I loved about this movie was there was so much more lived-in stuff, you know, references to, to real-world things or places, and it had that Star Wars flavor to it. So whether you're talking about the, the yellow open-top speeder that – that Anakin and, and, and Obi-Wan drove around in, or you talk about Dexter's Diner, which I thought was just a, a really fun little place to, to, for Obi-Wan to meet up with a friend. I love that lived-in universe that got bigger with this movie. I think with this movie, we went to more places um, in one film than we had mm-hmm. in any other Star Wars movie up until that point.
2: Well, Dexter's Diner is like the first restaurant, right? Like They show you all these different things that you hadn't seen before that are just common things which i which are really exciting actually
0: yeah because we had the cantina you know the 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 bar Mm -hmm. and then in this you have the 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 diner and i thought you also had the outlander club later on in the in the in the movie where where obi-wan and and anakin are chasing Zam. or the death sticks the death sticks Yep. (laughs) whatever you
1: think your life
0: (laughs) yeah
1: but we've never seen anyone eating in Star no, Wars, did. I don't. We did.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. When? Anakin fed Padme.
1: Oh well, now we're getting into flim- some kinky fan. stuff. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So there was all right. So somebody finally got fed in Star Wars. Okay, yeah, good and- because I was worried because nobody. We're getting into some kinky stuff here.
0: <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and and Obi Wan would be very grumpy if he found out that he was doing that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we also we saw Ray eating in the Force Awakens. Oh yeah, Where the beginning. Was, yeah, the rations. Oh, yeah. A little okay. rising bread uh, right. so loaf we... thing, and so we it have seen good. some people eat, and a whole lot of drinking. We've seen a a whole lot of drinking in Star Wars. Well, Chewbacca
2: ate Chewbacca ate a porg. Tried <laughs> did it? He... <laughs> did he though, or did he throw it over his shoulder? I don't know. Or... Did he? What did? I think he just kind of almost ate it. Like no, I, I think, think he was going to eat it,
0: but yeah. we don't know how many he, he had before being exactly. you know, <laughs> guilt tripped from eating Uncle Pork to George. <laughs> <laughs> It is so right.
2: sad that we're talking about like something. Like
0: that. So we're back to you, Anthony. What's your next one?
2: No, no, we're not going to let you get away with it, sir. What is what? yours? What do you mean, me get away with it? No, did you did you put did you give yours already or yeah, not?
0: that lived in the universe. Yeah. The oh, yeah,
2: that was okay. I thought you were talking about the other one. Uh, so okay, well, I'll go again. Um, so I will go again. So, um, Coruscant, right? I'm actually watching it. It's on a. You can't see it on the. I used to have when I didn't have my Star Wars Death Star set. You can see the reflection of what I was watching. Coruscant, right? Coruscant is a major set piece with um, layers that go, and you have these, you know, neon signs, and you have these highways through the buildings, and you have these gorgeous verandas that you see. You know, you're looking down on the city from you know the sunsets and you have the, the the emperor's office and you have amidala's apartment and then later on she has this veranda with a porch where the speeders kind of i mean it's all this stuff coruscant on paper is horrible a city a world that has no trees left right no natural no natural anything left for the point i think in, in, in the books it tells you that there's a mountaintop that actually is like a park where they have the top of the mountain go through like this hole on the ground. And they go, well, that's what's left of the planet. You know, all you see is like the top of like Mount Everest or something, but in the movies with all the traffic lanes. And and then when you get into like when, when Anakin and Ben Kenobi are riding around and you see all the traffic and all the commotion, I mean, it's like, it's like nothing I've ever seen anywhere before or since there is nothing like Coruscant in films ever. And to me, Coruscant is just an amazing idea that, that really resonates with me, you know? I remember when in, in Attack of the not Attack of the Clones, um, uh, the, uh, when they brought back Star Wars, the sequel trilogy, Force Awakens, originally the planet that was destroyed was, was Coruscant as opposed to, I forget, Ken, tell me what, what planet was destroyed when they changed it, the script?
0: That one I don't remember.
2: they changed it to like a secondary planet that wasn't Coruscant and the reason they did that they said was you know Coruscant's just too much it's too much to get rid of Coruscant we can't get rid of Coruscant but you know all the building architecture you know you're looking at it it, it's it's loosely based on uh, a church in Barcelona right a lot of the architecture is based on like Antonio Gaudi uh, his architecture style but man when it comes to making something up from scratch and having it, you know, visually designate, this is Star Wars, other than the TIE fighters and the Death Star, which, it's, which is its own visual style, you know, that kind of military, futuristic military look, other than Tron has that it has its own great style, nothing is, in my mind as a designer, has ever come clo- as close as, as visual perfection as the entire city, everything that comes along with Coruscant. So you know, from the neon signs to you know the architecture of the buildings to the Jedi Temple to just how every horizon is nothing but buildings. Um, it is. It's just. It's a. It's. It's amazing. Even
0: so how Cor- the city itself works. So the the more well off and the more politically powerful people live in those upper upper levels and then the 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 poorer people live further down you know so when you when you go into like the star wars animated stuff the clone wars and you see them at the lower levels of coruscant you know whether it's the um you know they're hunting for each other you know they're chasing after uh asajj Ventress or whatever you know at the lower levels where the people are poorer versus you know emperor palpatine's you know wonderful office you know, redlined office or whatever. So even the the structure of the city reflects some of the the class, the class structure of the of the the galaxy. Yeah,
2: you know, and I think if we're being honest, right? Like, so we're being very honest. That the, the reality is a lot of this stuff came from Foundation, right? A lot of it came from um, was it Isomov Foundation or was it um who wrote Foundation? My God, somebody help me out here. Um, yeah, the exactly. found. What was it? No, it wasn't Huxley. I think it was Asimov, but it was it was the foundation series established that sit that world planet that was so old that, you know, the surface was long gone. No one even remembers what it looked like. And the higher you are, the more money you have. Right. But no one had ever tried to visualize that before until George Lucas did it. And remember, he only had three years to do this stuff, right? So when you try to visualize something, if you've worked in computer graphics or in production design or anything, it's not that long a time that you have to visualize, you know, I, I don't know how many FX shots they had, but I, I think I saw something like 1,700. That's a lot of shots, you know? And that's a very short amount of time, not just to design what it looks like, but to make it. I mean, it's just an amazing amount of work to visualize Coruscant. And then, you know, ending up with Dexter's diner, which is a diner, but it's a Star Wars diner, right? So it's got, like, you know, the the simplistic shapes, and it's got the bold geometrics, you know, uh, the colors and the geometric sort of the the, the way that these walls come together, and the the portholes, it's almost like you're on a cruise liner. Coruscant is the most visually realized fake place that I think has ever been put to film. But I will say that they're coming close with what they're doing with the book of Boba Fett where they're coming, they keep building up Tatooine, you know, when you Moss, you know, Moss Isley and Moss, uh, 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 Espa. uh, are they're, they're coming close to visualizing that too. But I think for me, Coruscant is the most, you know, realistic, non real place ever put to film.
0: I know it was 20 years ago that they did that. I know. You know, and, and to go back to your, your your comment about foundations and it was uh, Asimov Asimov oh, that yeah. I thought in the in the forties, wasn't it? It was that was something that he put together a long time ago, even before you know, before Star Wars. So another kind of you know, nod to to George picking pieces from here and there to to, to make some amazing stuff.
2: Right, but it's easy to, to write it. I mean, I'm, it's that's not easy to write it down, but it's it's one thing to write it down, it's another thing to visualize it. And what they did here was visualize something that no one had ever tried to do before. And just you know, most productions, this would have been it. Like, this is it. Like, we're doing Coruscant. That's the movie. <laughs> you know? But this is just one of the many places they visited in this movie. It's not even the place. It's one of the places. And that's what makes Star Wars so amazing is that, you know, you regularly tour. These fictional places don't exist. I mean, they went to the water planet where the clones were built. They went to, you know, the the I guess another desert planet, because we don't have enough desert planets. Uh, in Star Wars, you know, they, they they visualize a whole bunch of different places for Attack of the Clones, but Coruscant to me is is just amazing. So that's that's my second thing, Coruscant. I mean, <laughs> Steven and Dax, what do you guys think? I mean, did, did Coruscant leave a mark with you?
3: Oh yeah. I mean I I agree completely. Although, I, for me, I, I thought it had a lot of like Blade Runner ish kind of feel, but I'm not saying that that was as complex or as, you know, um, uh, as busy, I guess, as like Coruscant was. But
0: hmm. yeah, yeah,
3: I mean, I agree I with that. I they everything. had a Blade yeah,
0: Runner ship in the background in one, in one scene. That could be Yeah, totally Yeah, or, yeah. I thought really? they had, I, it was either that one or Revenge of the Sith. I thought they had, I thought, they had snuck one of those, there no, that's like, very cool. those ships in there.
2: I will say that the, the difference is to me that Blade Runner is depressing, right? And I love Blade Runner. I mean, that's actually one of my favorite series, but it it's intentionally dreary and right. heavy, right? The rain's always falling, there's smog, there's this, this sort of like, you know, big brother, everyone's watching you or nobody gives a shit about you kind of feel to the city where Coruscant just feels like and ex- I mean, maybe it's just it's an exciting world that, you know, never ends. Like, how would you ever explore this place? It's too big.
0: Right, right. And it's like the, the city or the, the planet capital of the whole galaxy.
2: The galaxy, right. right. It's New York times a million or more than that.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: And what do you think, Steve? Yeah. And, and we'll touch on that. Like the Blade Runner. Of course, there's always going to be, especially in the sci-fi realm, there's going to be things about Blade Runner, which I absolutely love. You know, if they have the spinner, you know, like the vehicle in the back and stuff like that. But, right. uh, you know, and that's, of course, what I got as soon as they went, especially the nighttime scene uh, where um, they're hunting down the, after the blow dart went in through the window. and stuff, Oh, yeah. And they're hunting down. And that dart, you know, like, it looked pretty damn good. That's what I'm saying. It's one of those things in the movie theater I remember watching going, wow, this is incredible. And it holds it's, up. It's it still does. holds up. It does. I think the fifth element was the closest thing to it. But that looks like CGI. Oh, and that was just, yeah, uh, I think, yeah. a few years before. Um, and I remember seeing that, since, I think, opening night. And then, so yeah. this was my comparison, I think, was Fifth Element with that. You know, oh they, my God, they,
2: Fifth uh, Element. I totally forgot about that film. But yeah, right. that was, I think the difference is that the Fifth Element looked a little cartoony, right? Yeah. 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 Whereas this looks, you know, as good as it did. It, it looks as good as it would today if they were to do it again.
0: Yeah. Sleek and refined.
1: Yeah. And then for me, the, you know, the other thing, um, uh, oh, am I going down my my next, my next thing? Are we, yeah, are we moving? I just want to make sure I don't jump on anything. Oh, yeah, we can, we can move on. Cool. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the other thing that I wanted to, uh, just talk about is the, uh, how the clone army was created, you know, or sifo had it and then the emperor moved in to take, take the art, you know, with this grand grandiose plan and, and, you know, when we go to find out, especially I think in the Fett lore where uh, in the comics that they covered why they chose him. Like that was always the thing. Yeah, he's a bounty hunter and we all know Boba Fett. We know Boba Fett's, you know, this badass. And then, you know, why would they choose Jango Fett to clone? And then you find out that the story where uh, in a battle he was under, under fire and he ended up killing five, I think it's five Jedis, with his bare hands wait a minute hold on i have no idea about the story yes
2: this is exciting go <laughs> so this is the
1: battle of galadurin uh which I, I looked it up because i can never remember it but he actually uh, in the battle um fett was flying around you know it was a, a huge battle and then somebody cut somebody got cut in hand. and anyway he, he went to a rage and he killed five jedis with his bare hands like literally used his armor and killed them. That's why he was chosen. So I never I,
2: never, I never knew
3: that.
1: Yeah. So he apparently, yeah, I saw like a comic book, like when they they showed like just even in the graphic novel or whatever they, they that I saw. I mean, it looked like something. I want to see that movie. I mean, you know, but he he killed five Jedi, and that's what, you know, no wonder the Fett is feared, or at least you know Jango. But uh, but that's huge, and that's why they that's why they chose him ken is this is this this is uh sounds like a big deal
0: i let it stand yeah it is a big deal and, and one of the things i think makes it makes it a big deal is that those things happened in things off of the screen so it encouraged you know it encouraged fans like us to go beyond just the movies and and, and the cartoon stuff but to get into the the books and the comics and stuff to catch up on these stories
2: this is amazing because i mean dex did you know that story i never knew that. Did story. not no <laughs> no i never
3: knew that for me too yeah so i wow
1: and he seems like such a you know nice guy with this kid and stuff like that and then you find out this guy's uh you know and again i'm looking to see if uh if there's any i'm um, just a double check oh,
0: let's let's pause for, sure for a it. moment and think you nice guy this is-, <laughs> <laughs> this is the same bounty hunter that killed his own partner because she was, being oh. you know what I mean. So, so how nice. Oh right, oh right. nice He is. did. He blow darted her. That's right. Yeah. Got her in the neck. <laughs> yeah,
1: but but he's not too smart because what kind of dart did he use?
0: Yeah, a a Camino saber. Camino, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, to Dexter. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's so. right. That's right.
2: <laughs> Camino.
0: Yeah. <Okay>. All right,
2: <laughs> Dex. I think we skipped you by accident.
3: Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, uh a couple of things for for me. I mean, we, we kind of, it was almost like the Titanic. We already know pretty much what's going to happen, you know, ahead of time. But I was so interested in seeing what made Anakin, like, change, you know? Like, what, what made him become this evil person? And so, for me, I that, that was really excited. And I was looking for clues throughout the whole movie. And then, obviously, like, when his, when his spoiler, when his mother passes away he, you know for 20 years. <laughs> 20 years ago but um yeah so for me that scene it still hits me to this day like when i when i see him you know saving his mother and you know she passes away in his arms and he's just like you just see in, in his eyes like the rage and the dark side starting to, to creep in um you know and then i mean there's i know you guys i know especially purse uh steve uh doesn't <laughs> like the love story, but I, I kind of I like the love story part of it. Um, once again, just seeing Anakin, you know, the whole time you watch this, you, you know he's going to become Darth Vader. So it's like, you want to see, you know, what happens throughout his life and everything. And um, I don't know, I, I kind of, I mean, you know, the acting might not be the greatest or perhaps the script, but I really enjoy the, the love story part of it too. Now I saw it once with that once without my wife, and then the second time I saw it with her. And uh, we, you know, being with your loved one, we like to see that kind of stuff, and you know, we enjoyed the, the love story part of it as well, which I think also contributed to the you know the downside of uh, Anakin turning dark as well with the whole Padme thing going. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, we don't see it until later on to the next film where you know when he actually goes full full uh, dark side, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's why I also got out of this film as well. So.
0: So. So is that one or two, two things? The love story is one. And um, the I guess it was
3: two. Yeah, I guess it kind of is. But I mean, it's more or less how Anakin just I was just following along to see the, the moments in his life that kind of changed him, you know, because I remember that for me and my other friends, we used to talk all the time and say, well, what, what made him turn to the dark side to become, you know, like Darth Vader that we know today? And so I was always looking for those kind of clues and those things that were happening throughout this, this particular movie. So,
2: Do you think there was enough there to turn him in this movie or was it the next movie that really kind of cements it?
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I think by the time the, the, the movie, the third movie came out, then, yeah, really cemented it, yes. But it was just those little things, I guess, that's kind of built up throughout his life at that time. But I think the death of his mother was the beginning of it. At least that's how I felt, so.
0: Yeah, and it just, you know, the next thing on my list is the, the deeper philosophical stories and lessons that are from And one of it is, you know, the 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 lesson of you know attachment and and fear can can turn even the most angelic person into something that's the the exact opposite of that you know and i can't imagine that anyone who does evil things just one day wakes up and does evil things i mean there is that 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 progression that slide that they they experience and to see the beginning of the slide of of Anakin towards the, the the dark side of things was was really powerful. I thought.
3: Indeed, yes.
0: I mean, I I have heard people say you know as it relates to to Anakin, you know that they're surprised he went to the dark side so fast. And I'm thinking, have we watched the same movie? Like, did <laughs> yeah. did you, did you yeah. not see what happened in the last one? Did you not right right pay attention to you know he he had his his mother died in his arms. Um, He had his people that he thought were his friends lose trust in him and do things that um, were very deceptive, you know. So on one hand they're saying you know be honest, and then on the other hand they're they're lying to him, right? Not telling him the the full story, you know. So it 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 makes sense. I mean, there is a logical you know understanding to how someone could go from that angelic child to something who is far darker than that. So and it was exactly.
1: that love and fear of losing padme you know right. which even though he found out you know the we find out of course in the following film that he that the emperor you know palpatine's the emperor and but it's not just that if it was just him then you know they would have taken any one of the lock him up but it's that the the that padme he keeps dreaming that she's going to die and he's uh, i'm going to do anything i can to save her so that connection that love and that you know that which i get the start like we were just talking about the connection with the jedi He's willing to do anything, including mow down a bunch of little kids with a lightsaber, you know, to save Padme. <laughs> so, you know, because he was promised that I can teach you, you know, the ways of the, of the Sith, that, you know, where you can, you know, bring things back to life. That some things are unnatural, whatever it is. So, but watching in the, uh, the Attack of the Clones, you know, seeing that transition where they're still, they don't trust him. He's not ready. He's not ready. And he's just, you know, he's chomping at the bit. He's supposedly the, the 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 chosen one, but yet they're not they're not doing anything. They're not giving him you know uh, permission to do things that he feels is right.
0: Well, it also you know talks about the how impatience can lead you to decisions that that aren't in your <laughs> best interest. You know, instead of r- rushing off or or wanting something so badly, instead of just letting things happen at their own pace, their own time. You know, and it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have to just be on a star wars screen i mean that that lesson is something that that, that sure. i've tried to teach our two step my my two step sons you exactly know, that, that yeah. patience you know it, it's not all going to happen in a minute so let's let's see how this plays out
2: i mean there's a lot of le- like there's a lot of lessons to be learned here and i think part of what i'm watching the film now and padme and anakin are in that love you know love hotel that they put in their uh in naboo right she's wearing that necklace around her neck
0: yeah yeah
2: you know like come on really she's wearing <laughs> like basically like an sn you know uh, uh some sort of like a uh, sm outfit but
0: the movie for kids
2: movie- <laughs> sure What's interesting is this is uh, Hayden Christensen's first movie in Star Wars, and he's a great actor. And I know that a lot of people have problems with the lines and stuff and problems with his acting, but, you know, he was given a very difficult task, right? So he was given the task of reading in Darth Vader's cadence, which is really impossible. They should have never done that. Um, With lines that are really difficult to read, you know, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at the screen now, you know, I think of you and, I, and the thoughts to go through, you know, just the, the lines of Shakespearean and it's very hard to read that kind of stuff. And um, in, in a modern world. Right. And you have this actor who's, who's new to these kind of big, big films. That is something I know I cannot do, milady. That's so hard to say, like, and yeah. just be serious about it. Right. So over time though, what's interesting is that you don't see the acting after a long time. You see the context. So I'm watching, you know, this movie and all of a sudden Anakin is like a real person to me. And he's not, you know, we know he's not real, but he is real because that's how the human brain works, right? The human brain can watch a movie and all that stuff. You know that there's actors and you know that there's people in cameras, but all of a sudden your brain's like, yeah, but this is also real. So there's that weird sort of dichotomy where you know it's fake and then you know it's real all at the same time. So I watch Anakin and I watch his acting and I think it's horrible like Dex said earlier. But then I also think it's not acting. That's actually Anakin (laughs) talking.
1: (laughs) right right yeah and also he he got the part it wasn't his first movie he was in some other things before that he was in some great stuff before life as a house i think yeah, that was one. that made me cry that was a great film yeah, that was good yeah yeah life as a house was the one i think that you know that, that was seen you know early on and right before the the uh production kicked off or something like that so <laughs>
2: now you think he's gonna try
1: to get his acting chops up
2: for the the kenobi show i i, I think, think if he just have... lets
1: loose
3: just yeah, let loose good. Oh, no, I'm sorry I, I was just thinking that I think a lot of it is the script itself you know if, if the script is is written like you were saying like Tony Anthony like it wasn't like a Shakespearean play you know what I'm saying like I think that, I think that's what hurt him you know it was the, the actual script I mean like some of the stuff he had to say and you know the conversations that's, he had to have
0: you know if we are to point fingers it's that's the, the, the language George wanted. I oh mean, no doubt. That that's Star Wars. Yeah. yeah that, he that's... wanted it to be that kind of romance. He wanted Correct. it to he even has joked in, in different interviews. Right. Where he said it was a it was a different kind of dialogue.
3: True. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Yes. And,
0: and I that, think
2: that's okay. Cause over I mean, when I first saw it, I don't really remember my reaction to it. Cause as I said earlier, I don't remember 2002. But over time. It just becomes star wars so you don't look at the acting you don't look at right. the, the you just you just it is mm-hmm. and it's sort of like religion in a sense like we just accept it as as part of the whole, overall piece
3: yeah i mean after a while i started accepting c-3po's uh <laughs> where he got his head cut off and he's running around all oh the my god time. i
1: fast forward, yeah. that. I fast forward <laughs> that i'm not i'm fast forwarding all that that's that's yeah. for the kids i accepted
3: you know so. <laughs>
1: And 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 but the thing is, I'm rooting for Hayden. I, I hope he hits it out of the park. I want him to have yeah. redemption with some good writing. I and I want him to, you know, like you know, turn it loose, especially if they do some flashback stuff, which I would really yeah. love to see, especially if right. they have Ahsoka, you know. Uh so if they do some of that stuff, that would be phenomenal. And and and, and again in the Star Wars uh world, uh I'm at best, I, I want him to get a real role in Star Wars other than Jar Jar Banks because yeah. he's another one that you know, his, he got really beat up for playing Jar Jar Binks. And I would love to see, and again, anyone in Disney camp, if you ever listen to this, give this guy, I would love to see him. Heck, I would have loved to see him play Finn. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to see him, you know, like, like give him another opportunity because you you see some of the stuff of him taking a, just a beating about Jar Jar. And it's a show. he got that show. He had a great gig.
2: He's got that show on Disney Plus where he's a Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Which is actually pretty good, believe it or not.
3: And he got that one. Wasn't he in the background or something? He was know. in the background. Yeah, at the cantina.
1: Coruscant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the de- right, he, right. Was, he was looking for some death sticks.
2: <laughs> Ken, Ken,
0: were in that, in that
2: Ken, Ken, you are the nicest person here by a long shot. Oh, we put Dex as the next nicest person. And you wow, and I, Steve, are just it. jerks. But <laughs> Ken why so much hate on jar jar why so much hate on like on 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 christian Hadenson? like what's going on now i'm glad that a lot of it has been reversed but why are people so
1: mean
0: that's the eternal question isn't it (laughs) you know and it 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 doesn't matter what the era is there's going to be meanness so you know if we you know flashback to 2002 and all of the, the 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 hatred around Ahmed and and Hayden, and you could even go so far as to say that there was there was hatred for Jake Lloyd. You know, there the, was. The, yeah, they they, yeah. they they people said awful awful things about him, and unfortunately, it does it did have an impact on them and many. I mean, Ahmed Best has come out and said that at one point he was ready to jump off a bridge because he was just so yeah, overwhelmed by it all and thankfully he didn't Horrible. and um so i'll never be able to un- answer the question why is there so much hatred because i don't i don't have the hatred in my heart to, to to understand i just know that it's there and what has happened over time which i find very interesting you know so the hatred then was mostly by adults If you talk to to kids, if you talk to people today who were kids when these movies came out, they loved them. You Mm -hmm. know, I think that's why there is such a resurgence of of love for Hayden and love for Ahmed Best and, and these movies. Because those folks where this was their Star Wars, their entrance into this galaxy far, far away as children, as George intended them to be brought into it now 20 years later they're defending those movies they're celebrating those movies i mean they're they're the Mm -hmm. loudest ones in the auditorium at celebration when when hayden christensen comes comes out on stage i mean so i can't answer the why is the hate there i just know that over time um the 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 love will win out or so i hope
2: yeah i mean they put out a warning today when they released the new and the new luke skywalker did you guys see that on twitter so star wars announced the new kid who's star oh
3: yeah yeah the kid is playing you mean
2: yeah and he really does kind of look like him right so but they also put out a warning saying hey let's not jake lloyd this kid (laughs) yeah
3: Yeah.
2: and it's like you know you read like that's the one thing i don't want to get on 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 a diatribe about the internet but that's the one thing i hate about star wars fans it's like you know when when they put out the ben kenobi trailer the other day and was like well look at the grand inquisitor his head is in this flat I'm like oh my god how do these guys not understand what the fans want it's like shut up just shut up just watch the damn show and enjoy
3: it what i said but did you see what I, I i found that's one post too anthony about that it's like when, when remember when rebels came out mm-hmm. everybody was complaining and bitching about the designs and like how everything was elongated and stuff mm-hmm. and then that was an animated show of course we grew to love it and everything but now you're doing live action and they want it to look like the animated stuff, you know. It's the yeah, same. They're, they're complaining about the same exact thing. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, instead of just being happy and excited that they're actually putting Inquisitors in a live action show, I mean, about Ben Kenobi and that. I mean, it's just. I don't know what the complaints are to be honest, but and any
1: of the original fans from like you know, 1977, we saw it in the theater. For us, we went a long time without Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. We went a a long time watching three VHS tapes. We went a long time. (laughs) We went a long time. And I got the boxed edition that was letterboxed. And I was like, oh, and I watched that thing a million times. That's all we had. Oh, my God, that's true. So now it's opened up and now people are complaining. I'm like, but I am so happy to get the Star Wars content. And actually, especially with, you know, Dave, Dave Filoni and what he's done, you know, in the uh, animation world to bring that into live action and to give us right. the Mandalorian, uh, a character that's just created. Uh, and it's been absolutely fantastic. So I, I find it very hard to complain about a lot of this stuff. You know, we can all have our expectations. And I think that's where the anger comes in, because your expectations are blown up and then you go. You know, and, but most of the time it's it's exceeded my expectations. You know, I mean, some, some of the shows, some of the episodes, maybe not, but overall it, it's, it's doing its job. It's, it's delivering content. Right. No, again, it's, it's so, just, so funny. You said that though.
2: It's, it's so funny that, I mean, it, it is so sad that people have, I read a comment about, look, don't they know what we, fa- don't we, don't they know what the fans <laughs> want? I'm like, it's Dave Filoni. It's the same guy that created the other one. You jackass. Yeah,
3: Exactly, exactly. And, and like right. you said, Anthony Erlo, real quick, is uh, they haven't even seen the show yet, you know, like, <laughs> at least, the greatest part. <laughs> they, like, just watch it first, then complain about it if it's not up to your expectations, you know what I mean? It's like, or don't watch it, don't watch it, yeah, or don't, don't watch it, it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Hold on a second, I'm gonna go to the YouTube uh, uh, link for the Ben, uh, the Obi Wan series, and I'm gonna complain that that doesn't look anything like Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah
3: okay. exactly yeah right
2: right but there are people <laughs> complaining that his hair was too dark oh, right? man. I'm like, oh my god are you kidding me yeah. wow. and i wonder like are these people being sarcastic like one of my sons does that stuff to be sarcastic I'm like right i don't know I, I think these people are being like serious yeah. which really frightens me all right ken we're back off we're off track so I will go back on track. Are you Ken? Are you next
0: or am I next? You're next. Your number, the your third favorite.
2: Place. But what is it that uh that uh, uh they said in uh, Force Awakens, who talks next? You talk next, or I talk next.
3: it's hard with all this apparatus. Yeah, that was Poe. Yeah, yeah. Po. Oh, yeah, right.
2: All right, so interior set designs. So I kind of touched on this a little bit when we we're talking about Coruscant, right? But interior set design for me, anyway, is very difficult, right? So you go in and you see the set design, the Emperor's office, or sorry, the uh, Palpatine's office. Palpatine's office, all those things like a desk, all those things are actually very hard to design when you're talking about Star Wars because if you go to normal, it's no longer Star Wars. But if you go too like ex- convoluted, it doesn't look like a desk. So they have a lot of interior set designs. We talked about Dexter's Diner earlier uh, that are just fantastic. And I think, you know, you uh, know, um, um decks i forget the name oh my god how do i forget this um who was the production designer for this movie uh probably it wasn't chang or yeah yeah chang yeah
3: um
2: the way that they looked at designing furniture everything from the desk to the chairs you don't think about that that much but the chair designs are just amazing. And the, and the Emperor's chair or Palpatine's chair alludes to the fact that one day he'll have the Emperor's chair. It's the same visual style. Um, there is a lot to be said about the, the, the Amidala, Amidala's house. Fantastic. Or apartment building. Uh, really, really well done. Um, what does a bed look like in Star Wars? What does a, a dresser look like in Star Wars? Uh, Because if it doesn't fit, it immediately stands out. Um, And the thing about Star Wars is that there's nothing that you can use, like a lot of movies use, like, well, I'm going to lift this from a 1920s set and lift this from 1970s Eames chair. You can't lift anything, because it all has to be made up. Uh, So I'm going to go with interior designs for uh, Star Wars. Something that is, is not something that most people notice or talk about, but from a practical point of view, from production design point of view, it's really, really difficult to do. And he pulled it off.
0: And there are, there are a couple things that they've lifted. So I thought in, in Padme's apartment, there was over by the window, like this bar stool with these big giant pearls sitting on it or whatever. And I thought that was, you know, I don't know if they were target bar stools or not, but there are, there are, there are little things that they do pick, or even, you know, if we go back to, uh, Phantom Menace, and it's even though it's not set design, it's prop design. Where um, Qui Gon Jinn's, you know, Calm link was a, a Gillette woman's shaver, that's uh, right, a yeah. Gillette woman's razor. So they do, they do, you know, they do pick some Earth stuff to, to use as foundations. But yeah, the the, the sets are, are 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 remarkable. And even though they, there was lots of flack about how much green screen that they used in these. These movies in the, in the prequel trilogy, there was a lot of practical stuff.
2: You couldn't do country. it without green screen,
0: yeah. right? Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, the budget would be like five hundred million dollars. I mean, how do you film Kamina? Yeah, how do
0: you yeah, how do you film the Outlander Club? I mean, they built the Outlander Club in 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 sections and everything. So it was it was very impressive work that they did for that movie.
2: That's the stuff that I think people don't realize how much work goes into that kind of stuff, you know. And I think people would be because, I mean, maybe, and I think you guys are probably the same as me. When you watch the making of something, it doesn't make it less of a, uh, it doesn't tear the fantasy apart. It actually builds it up. Like, oh my God, there's so much work went into this. So I, I, I you know, I, I think a lot of the stuff here, especially Camino, right? Like, what does a chair look like for creatures that are eight feet tall? You know, what, what does a tray look like for the clones? What is it? All that stuff, man. It's just fantastic design work and, and Department. and stuff that doesn't get, doesn't come to the fore. Like there's not going to be like in the art books, people aren't, aren't going to go, Oh my God, did you cheat that chair? But if it doesn't work, it stands out, you know? So yeah. important.
3: Agreed. But sticking with, I guess, design sense, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go with like ship design, uh, especially for this particular movie. And the one that stands out for me is, um, I guess at the end when, uh doku and he has like the sail come out. oh yeah the solar He's sail never, yeah how cool is that like i mean i mean i yeah. haven't seen anything like that at the time i mean i haven't seen nothing like that so that really stood out to me um that's great i went down the ship in the beginning was was beautiful you know all like silver or shiny Mind you like a b-17 bomber um you know we got to see the jedi starfighter of course um
2: those big ball things, remember when they were having the war in Geonosis? Those oh, big... exactly, yeah. Now, those big ball things were like a staple of 1970s. Like, if you ever read like Omni Magazine or like Heavy Metal? They would always have these artists that would draw these sci-fi fantasy adventure, you know, right. covers. And it would show like just whatever crazy ass designs. you would. You know, Rob Foss, remember Foss? He would design these crazy spaceships, but no one ever made any of them on film. And then when you right. see these things on film, they're like great. And then they harken back, of course, that they're, they're like mini Death Stars,
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, pretty you much. know. Well, and they also connect to the other things. So you you talked about the Jedi star, uh, the Jedi starfighter, and that that wedge design. So it was a single a single person uh, fighter. And then if you fast forward a few more years, that 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 wedge design becomes, you know, the Imperial, uh, right. you know battlecruiser whatever they're called yeah with the the, star destroyers exactly that that transition from what what was a a quote-unquote good guy ship that then you know developed into something bigger and more menacing exactly yes
2: there's a family of form there that was intentional that was not that was really well done like i think the jedi starfighter is interesting because there's actually two Jedi starfighters, right? So there's a Jedi starfighter they use in this film, and then the one they use in the next film, which has the TIE fighter front face. Correct. You know what I'm saying? So there's a a sort of like, we know where we're going with this, but we have to create like the history of how we get to the TIE fighter, or how we get to that flat, you know, kind of segmented fat, you know, eight segment window that we end up with the TIE fighters. So there's a lot of stuff that it's a lot of fun for the designers to sort of figure out. Okay, well, I saw this and I saw this and what's in between, and I think that's where the Jedi Starfighter comes in, um, because at, at the time you have the dichotomy that you have the clones, which are the good guys, and the bad guys aren't the shape that you think that they're not those guys. They're the guys with the weird crescent shape, you know, the 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 the, um, the crescent shaped ships. Uh, so you're trying to figure out what, what, what's the language that you can say these are currently good guys, but they're going to be bad guys. So they give you this rogue, this red coloring, which they use in the X-Wings and, right, and, right. and, and you know, the, the uh, A New Hope. But they're, so it's the coloring of the rebels in the designs
0: of the bad guys,
2: which I think is very clever as an as intermediate uh, sort of form.
0: Yeah, just the amount of time, effort, and energy that went into the to those those little pieces of of detail incredible. yeah I mean, absolutely incredible and we get to like you like dexter said we get to see the books and one thing I, <laughs> this is going to sound silly and i apologize ahead of time i i miss the old star wars art books where yeah. it was so much more uh they were more basic drawings the ones right. now are gorgeous and beautifully curated but yeah, I yeah. love seeing those initial really oh, yeah. rough idea sketches because they look more like something I would draw. Like I would never draw <laughs> something like, like Doug Chang does with his beautiful, you know, his sharp markers, lines yeah. and everything. I would draw right. the, the stuff that Milo drew for the, for the costumes in, in, in the right. New Hope. Exactly. But right, I, right. I still love looking through those books, page after page after page.
2: John Malo is a horrible artist and an amazing designer. <laughs> John Malo is a horrible artist I mean there's no other way to look at it and an amazing designer so you don't need to be a great artist
1: to design great stuff
3: that is true yes
1: and then on what uh, Dex was saying about you know the ship design so we, we got to talk about Slave 1 you know uh, well, it's so first time the
2: it shows up right Backwards. Slave
1: 1 shows yes so that's the first time we see Slave 1 on the tarmac the little battle with Django out there which is epic the lightsaber in the rain that mm-hmm. was pretty great that's a hard um, scene of film man sure and it was you know just and it was under you know they did have rain machines going and stuff like that and and so but then you know the introduction of that you know now infamous sound effect you know when he when he drops off the the, the uh, seismic the, things, the, yeah. the seismic uh it's rf that was and again that's one of the things I remember from that movie theater because it was a digital projection which means digital sound as well first digital sound well no digital sound was already out uh DTS and all that had come out with uh Jurassic Jurassic Park Park. yeah yeah so but this but in that theater when that thing went off that I remember looking and everybody in the theater and again there was almost a thousand people there we're all looking at each other like holy you know Sound so, design was
3: amazing, yeah.
1: Sound design and and just, you know, but I totally agree, Dax, that, that ship stuff. And and also you could see what becomes a uh, TIE fighter and what becomes an X-Wing and what becomes, you could kind of see, you know, as I said, where things go, um, which is pretty cool. And then the other thing, uh, you know, that I would say that, you know, I really loved about, you know, the attack of the clones. And I, I was talking about it earlier with, uh, with Palpatine, the, the plan with the clone army, but also his overall plan, to you know take over you know, the empire, and a couple of similarities there between him and Julius Caesar, and I did look as there are some very similar things uh, uh, although you know Caesar was a, a military general strategist, a hero, you know just well respected on the battlefield, and then also he had the gift for politics um, and then you had Palpatine, I think you know he's just he's an extremely good politician. I mean, he can get things done. And also just that planning of everything that he did, you know, he used civil wars and all the people battling amongst themselves to get, to make himself, you know, the emperor, you know, or even to get, you know, get more and more power. He was using the struggles of the the fighting that was going on. Same thing that uh, happened with Julius Caesar as well. And also a a very uh, unique thing that Julius Caesar was murdered by his right-hand guy, you know, Brutus, uh you know he's the one that led off the stabbing on the uh eyes of march there and then and then on the star wars side of things you know the emperor's right hand man was darth vader and darth vader threw him off a damn cliff so you know you have Um, a lot of these similarities you know between them and that's one of the things you know looking back and that's why i really like that thing because also and i watched rome i i actually watched both of those things like almost back to back you the hbs series rome the HBO? Yeah. Show. That yes. was great. Oh my God. Fred. Rome, it's only two seasons, but it is absolutely epic. I think that's where all the great HBO shows, epic shows that, you know, uh, even even. I, I think you can even thank, like Game of Thrones, thank them because of Rome. Rome is, if you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. Um, it is absolutely fantastic, especially the similarities between, you know, like just, just some of the things with them. So that's one of the things, just Palpatine's overall plan. And that really, that's so well written you know, that's what I'm saying. The love story, even Dex, you know, Dex, you know, you, you said it, it's not too bad, but, you know, I mean, I was in the theater with a lot of people and people were laughing during the love scene. I think I told people the story. And then my, my you know, girlfriend at the time looked over, she said, what are they laughing at? I said, it's this part is sponsored by Velveeta. Uh, so, you know, but th- that was, and it was hard for me to watch because some of the, it was, and I think that was one of the original things about, you know, the prequels, which one of the reviews was you know, see such great talent struggle so hard. It was really some of the dialogue, you know, and this, you know, some of the things there, but I, I can't say that for the politics part. I mean, how they, how they illustrated how this thing, you know, and at the end, you know, I think it's, a, uh, I think it's the, uh, I think it's uh, Anakin. And I think the last shot is Anakin standing next to Palpatine. Okay. And it was this kind of like foreshadowing moment. And, and that was just, you know, with the rise of the, and then the Empire music playing at the end. And I remember watching the end of Act Attack of the Clones going, oh shit, it's on. Like yeah, yeah, the yeah. end scene and just the Palpatine pulled off this, this crazy kill. It was, it's incredible. So that's one of the you know, the greatest things I like about that movie.
0: If you think about his, his, his machinations, all those things he put into place, he didn't necessarily have to use the dark side to do it. Mm-mm. Right. You know, So he, he preyed on the willingness of others to participate in his plan, even if they didn't know it. You know, he he even managed to 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 play the Jedi like a fiddle. He right. he managed to to get them to behave in a way against their own teachings. You know, they he they said that they were there just to protect democracy, and they became generals in an army. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the lightsabers are only meant for defense and not attack, and they ended up you know ro- rolling into places and 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 attacking people with them. So so and he didn't use dark side powers to do it.
2: The dark side he used was the dark side of human nature. Yep. Yes. Which is, unsadly, true. All right, Ken. It's definitely your
3: turn now.
0: <laughs> so one of my favoriteest parts of this movie was just seeing the sheer volume of Jedi on the screen,
3: mm. especially
0: in that that the Battle of Geonosis, where they all descend onto that that arena, and you just see lightsabers coming up all over the arena different colors and and different battle stances it was it was really really fun to see lots of jedi in action you know because up until that point we we had luke skywalker and obi-wan kenobi that's really all that we had you know and then all of a sudden there are you know 20 or 30 jedi on a screen at one time in this full-on battle royale it was that was awesome to see
2: yeah and and it's 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 actually one of my my next uh, point is the Battle of Geonosis. and I think it's interesting because you see all different kinds of Jedi. you know, some of them are a little strange. Uh, but you see them all kind of fighting and and it's interesting because Jedi are not infallible, right? They, they don't all you're used to like Luke, who you know and 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 Ben, I suppose, and Yoda who are like and and and, and who are look, who seem like they're infallible, right? Um, Mace Windu. But the reality is a lot of them are, are not that. They're, they just they just die <laughs> in a <laughs> giant battle uh, against like a million different droids, right? Battle droids of, of all kinds. And I think that's really interesting because you'd never seen that before. Um, but I to me as extending that, what I really love was the battle when it became the robot battle, when you have the, the the machines and rolling things and the missiles flying around and those big mini death stars getting destroyed and landing and a big dust cloud comes out and the, and the, the, what is it? The, 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 uh, the helicopter like vehicles that the, the, uh, clone troopers
3: have. Oh yeah. They drop off the, uh, the walkers. Yeah. The
2: drop ships, right. They kind of drop off and pick the helicopters. Right. All that stuff is just, that to me is star Wars. So there were some moments here that were kind of boring, you know, and, 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 you know, sappy, like Steve was saying, you know, Velveeta sponsored the, the love scenes. But at the end, when they brought the fight scenes, they brought the fight scene. And there's never been another film series that's ever been able to recreate what Star Wars can do, which is like these space battles, right? In the 70s and 80s, a lot of groups tried it, and the most successful was probably Battlestar Galactica. But no one else has ever been able to pull it off, ever. And it's not an easy thing to pull off. And in the, the end of this movie, they go for they go for this crazy ass scene where they have. It starts with Jedi fighting monsters and Jedi fighting these fucking insects, and it transitions into like giant walkers fighting these space balls with with these missiles being fired by droids. With I mean, it's just nuts. It's just nuts.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Something
2: that only Star Wars can do.
3: And I agree with you, Anthony. When I when I saw that, I was you know I was just like, this is Star Wars. I remember leaning over. I think I saw my other friend Steve, and I I leaned over to him. and I said, this is Star Wars. This is what it's all about. Like the battle sequences, and like you're saying, there's just so much going on. I mean, you can look at it today, and still just I'm in awe, just from all the stuff that's going on and all the work that went into it, and I mean, it's still it's, it's it's badass. I love it. I love it.
0: Just for fun, you should watch. The battle sequences—if you have your your DVD—watch it in like half speed or quarter oh, right. speed because mm-hmm. there is so much going on yeah. in all of those those scenes that it's 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 amazing to see the kind of detail that they put into it. I mean, and that was Absolutely. upping the game from the battle in the last one where it was the Gungans and the and the droids. This is now droids and insects and jedi like you said all sorts of different kinds of jedi and and different ships and it was probably the most intense battle scene that it was the most intense battle scene that we had had for star wars ever on screen
2: now i have a question for the group why and I've, i've asked this question to myself over time why is it that no one's been able to nail this feel in any other anything right like what what is the one property that comes closest which i think is guardians of the galaxy which is a little unusual to say that but i think it is no one else has even come close other than you know Battlestar galactica which 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 really only comes close to the 19 uh to to a new hope right the 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 tie fighters and x-wings but they don't do the rest of it right so why is it in your opinion that no other property can create that space drama
1: that star wars can
3: that's a good question
1: <laughs> it's a hard i'll say this it's a hard act to follow
3: yeah it really is i mean i guess for me when i saw it in the theater in 77 for the first time i mean that that was it like not like like per se there's nothing that can compare to it and I admit like Battlestar Galactica was fine, and, but that was television, you know what I mean? It wasn't like like cinema, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's tough for me. I don't know, I can't, I can't think of anything else.
2: No, the, there is nothing else, really. And that's, that, that's a real engines. shocking, really.
0: You know, they've, they've, they've led the way and have continued to, to, to lead the way, the, the, the creatives and, and the, the folks involved in putting these things up on screen you know, the stars aligned. They they were there, put it out there for us and, you know, the the rest has become history, as they say.
2: But you don't usually see an entire category of film avoided because the amount of work it would take to get, I mean, I think, you know, you got John Carter, remember that movie? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of all the films that at least in a, in a way attempted to come right. from Yeah, but, but I can't think of much except that there's a film that is Coming out next year, that was originally written. Did you guys hear about this? Originally written as a sequel, as, as a Star Wars standalone film, and then Kathleen Kennedy rejected it, and the, the director decided to do it anyway.
3: But, oh yeah, yeah. That's um, it's it's Zack Snyder. Zack is Snyder. Zack Snyder? Yeah, Zack Snyder? Okay, yeah, that's yeah, right. He wrote, yeah, he wrote a script and everything, and submitted it to Star Wars, and they they rejected it. I guess so. He just made his own Star Wars film. He said so. I think it's called like Red Red. Planet
1: or red yeah but it's it the whole thing's in slow motion so you got to put it on double speed to get a two-hour <laughs> movie because it's a four-hour movie so oh, come on purse come I'm on i'm kidding man. i look i'm a die-hard fan of uh justice league four-hour cut so i'm not i oh, know zach save this save the snyder verse man i'm yeah, one of those yeah.
2: guys
3: yeah yeah <laughs> you
2: know what you know what came close to me i think parts of the movie dune the new one oh yeah 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 that's good, that's good closest of anything i've ever seen to start, but even then, I mean, and it's funny because Star Wars obviously borrowed very heavily from Dune. Sure, but okay. this Dune didn't seem as Star Wars-ish to me because it almost seemed like grounded in reality. Yeah, yeah. I think when I saw this Dune, what stood out to me was, my God, this looks real—not like science yeah. fiction real, but like someone filmed this real.
3: Right. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, I think you're absolutely right, Anthony. Because after watching the, the new Dune, like I, I can't wait for the second one you know yeah. I, just, I mean i just could not i mean they left it like a little cliffhanger and i was like mm-hmm. man when's the next one coming out you know just so excited about it so yeah i i think that's a that's a good choice
2: and the ornith was it called ornith, ornithopter i think of yes. whatever it's called. that it's was like designed kind of by one, yeah that was designed by a guy that went to my school university of cincinnati that also oh, worked awesome. his biggest design was uh anakin's pod racer oh cool Right. So you was working on Star Wars. So you got, you got some Star Wars guys working on that stuff. But awesome. can you guys think of another property that tried to do besides Battlestar and besides Dune, which is actually the reference for Star
1: Wars? Is there anything else that even tried to do what Star Wars is trying to do? It's funny you yeah. mentioned John Carter, because that's you know, that that did remind me, you know, because I will not hate on John Carter either. I hate the name, they should have went with you know, Princess of Mars or whatever, like just having John Carter. That doesn't sound like a sci-fi. It doesn't sound like an epic adventure. Princess of Mars does, you know, so um, other than the terrible name, uh, but I enjoy the heck out of John Carter when they did have that battle scene at the end. I enjoyed that. I really did. So that is a very good comparison. I'd have to, I I would have to say that I agree. Is that on Disney Plus, by the way? Yes, I think so. Okay. It
2: is, yeah. It it was directed by the guy, Brad Bird, I think, right, that directed The Incredibles? i think it was really yeah yeah, okay. yeah uh and he did a really good job you know i thought it was you know some of the the four-legged the 4 on people a little cartoony yeah, but right. i think that's yeah. as close as you get to to i'm trying to think i know that the new buzz light year but that's animation right so yeah. that right at least avatar. Trying, avatar
3: yeah that's a good that's a good story.
2: oh yeah wow avatar but Avatar is almost more real in a way. It's more realistic,
3: right? It's almost like Earth Plus. Yeah, they're more like environmental type stuff than. Yeah, but it's really good. Oh yeah, yeah. What about did the Wachowskis put out something that was kind of science fiction? What was that called? Do you remember, Steve? Uh, Matrix. No, no not Matrix. <laughs> they did another movie. Uh, I can't. I don't. I can't think of the name of it. But I could have sworn it was the Wachowskis. They did some kind of science fiction type movie but it was kind of like star wars ish you know steve will find it come on perish
2: you know what's so funny about steve's background that i actually think he's inside
3: the cockpit of of the millennium (laughs) like
2: i don't know it's just the lighting everything seems like it
1: really looks like he's really there
3: he he was made for that he was made for that
1: i'm always on the falcon (laughs) if i could if i could design my house it would look like the inside of the falcon (laughs) <laughs> how cool would that be you go to somebody's house it's like well it's cool and then this you have all those pads everywhere and you right, know, right. my cloak room now, you now, guys, have you guys
2: been to the disney to, to galaxy's edge have you been inside the falcon
1: i have not
3: you have not right i've, been, you, I've been like
2: five times in
3: there oh, okay. so i'm the only one then <laughs> that's great i'm working on it though i'm working on it so
1: <laughs> jupiter ascending is that's the other it. one that they did yeah, I haven't seen that. that. Is that cool. any good? I enjoy. It. I enjoyed it.
3: That's right. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, Jupiter Ascending. Yeah.
1: Huh. Jupiter
3: but I think it tanks. So they never really yeah. went beyond the first movie. So.
1: Oh, it's supposed to be more. Uh, uh, I, I, to be so I thought, energy. but
3: okay. maybe, maybe not. So.
1: Yeah. They also did Cloud Atlas. You know, it was a, a beautiful movie. That's Arthur another. Trailer. I haven't watched it either.
3: The, the trailer brought me to tears. i have been watching the trailer.
1: Oh, a trailer. Trailer.
3: Yeah. Watch the trailer, Anthony. But then when I saw the movie, I was like, eh, it "Yeah, didn't, yeah, it didn't affect me as much." But
1: it's kind the of like Prometheus.
3: Yeah, <laughs> come on, we're not going to get into the, the alien. <laughs> Sorry, Dexter. Oh, I love, love the for family.
1: those of you listening. Dexter is a diehard hey, alien so fan. Okay, you
3: are too, right, Ken? Right. Don't you love? Him? Yeah. I mean, Anthony is yeah. too. Come on. Well, so am I. I love yeah, those yeah, films. We're all we're all like alien people here. So,
0: <laughs> but a- Alien is my, different in the Alien. I had to talk just, my wife out of buying the fifteen hundred dollar. 1979 kenner big chap toy <laughs> <laughs> i
3: hear you i hear you <laughs> oh, i saw
2: heather bought that one alien doll that i used to terrorize my sister with all the time
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 18 inch Heather. oh my god all right Kane,
2: <laughs> put us back on
0: track where well, are we you're, uh, you're up next with your 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 fifth one anthony
2: i don't think i have a fifth one other than saying you know, I think it, it goes back to one of the things that makes Star Wars so great is the d- design, right? Because it's, it's, we're talking about it right now. Nothing else has ever attempted to create an entire universe completely up from scratch like Star Wars, right? Like even Alien, we're just talking about Alien. Alien is the current world plus, <laughs> right? But in Star Wars, in Attack of the Clones specifically, You have these uh, hot rod speeders. You have Geonosis that everything in that planet, which is a factory, uh, is designed to be, you know, um, all the machinery, all the aspects of it are designed to be alien looking, but at the same time, recognizable. Uh, There's a scene in there when somebody hands a pot over Uh, not a pod but there's a little bit of a like a case and it's projecting up like the Death Star plans every single thing in this movie is designed for the movie and I I know Ken that they've used designs for like razors as communicators and stuff but the reality is you know there are things here that are iconic that no one's even attempted to do like for example the Senate room where you have all those pods who's ever tried that that idea is crazy
0: right (laughs)
2: And it's so they iconic
0: it they do it really really well too yeah they,
2: they didn't just pull off crazy they made crazy the standard right so hey i'm going to talk all right so my pod's going to come up for no reason whatsoever to hover <laughs> to the middle of the room and you're yeah. like yeah that makes sense and that's the way it should be you know so the the amount of design that went into this film is just ridiculous it's ridiculous and if I have a criticism of the later the sequel films, they don't attempt on any level to do what these guys did in one film. And, and I'm going to go back to Ryan Johnson because I'm always going to do that. The design elements in Attack of the Clones are three Ryan Johnson films. They are. Yeah, I agree. They are. There's, that's I, that's not even debatable. It's it just is. And I feel bad for the people that had to go through that life, you know, because I'm sure there were a lot of 12, 15 hour days, but (laughs) there is not one shot here, except one shot, which is in my head of Dooku riding that little speeder of his. It kind of looks a little flaky. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's yeah. Right. There was a shot. Yeah. Yeah everything else works and this is like a, what is it how long is this film two hours and 18
0: minutes or whatever it is it was the longest uh, the longest movie up until that point it was, it was yeah. over two hours yeah right
2: yeah there. every other shot is perfect and they had really i know they have three years to do it but they really have two years to do it you know and
1: it's just amazing it's an amazing amazing thing and hey, can i just point out something with him riding off and, you know, they're, they're chasing him in the troop transport and right. the ship gets hit. Padme falls out, rolls right. on the sand and is well, unconscious. Right. Meanwhile, they keep going. They have a little bickering because Anakin wants to turn around and they're going 100 miles an hour. She's knocked out. They follow him, all this thing. And when she wakes up five minutes later, she says, we have to get to that cave. <laughs> yeah, that's true. How does she know they're in that cave? You are knocked out. Anyway, that's just yeah, the yeah. observation. And I remember even <laughs> watching her like, how did she... Maybe they were, going, they were talking to that thing, doing 100 miles an hour for, they were bickering about 20 <laughs> seconds at least. So anyway. It's the heavier pieces. <laughs>
3: right, right, oh,
1: right. right, right.
3: Marvel, that's right, that's the right. Captain America, yeah, just yeah. top your ear. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You know
2: what I always find interesting, and this is like a really silly thing. When they film C-3PO with those reflective surfaces, do they take out the camera people? Like there's no way that camera
1: person doesn't show up on C-3PO. Yeah,
2: there's no
3: way. Yeah
1: you can use uh zoom shots for when it's really reflective but a lot of times just like in television and film they spray it actually use like uh i'm not sure what it is like hairspray anyway they dull down anything shiny just with some Mm. spray so they probably spray whatever was reflecting you spray it down a little bit so Mm. that's one of the tricks they do with uh camera reflection but the other way to do it of course is with that zoom lens but also everything is bent there's not a lot of reflective surface I i think i would think they would have more problem with the Mandalorian. And I think they have different, I think Mandalorian, they have different armor. They have reflective, non-reflective, you know, so they have the shiny stuff when he he wants to look good, you know, and I think they have the duller stuff for uh, close-up shots.
2: I wish we could get into that because I would watch any documentary that that, that gets into those details. Like, I was really surprised on on the Rise of Skywalker that Ray doesn't have the visor. Like, the visor is added with CG.
3: Oh, right, Mm. yeah.
2: Right, and and then you think about it because they add all the computer dials and they add the reflections of the guy, yeah, wow. and you're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. All right, Ken, what do you what do you have to
3: say here?
0: Well, what's your next one, Dexter?
3: Actually, I'm, I'm going to go off script because everyone was talking about pretty much design and everything. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with with John Williams' score. I mean, oh my god, I, mean, I can't I can't remember another score. I mean, of course, I listened to them all religiously. But I can't even think of any other score besides this one that has as many uh, themes in it Mm -hmm. that really stand out. Like, like I could just, I mean, I I hear it in my head right now as I talk about it, but besides the main Star Wars theme, obviously. But uh, yeah, I mean, even when Doku was riding his little bike down there, you know, that that theme. the the,
2: that's the Wizard of Oz theme, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
3: exactly. Like, I hear it, you know what I mean? Like, we talk about these scenes And in my mind, I I, I hear these these themes going on. So so I I just want to point out that John Williams score in this particular film is I mean, it's just so memorable, really is memorable. So
1: and you're right. They introduced different themes, quite a few different themes for different people. And in fact, I think there was more themes than Padme outfits. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. talk about we're how many boat. figures can somebody do a a check here uh <laughs> sure, in, yeah. on the internet uh see how many action figures were sold of patame because in, in in 10 minutes of the love uh montage she yeah. changed her outfit like i yeah, think right. five times
0: ken yeah. this seems like right up your alley i do actually you- think there's a there's, there might be a, a one of those youtube videos on um one of the kids shows where they count certain things and i mm. think they counted padme's outfits
3: <laughs> that's great that's great
0: <laughs> like they counted the the number of times the lightsaber was lit they, oh, so okay. they they did this whole this whole series of of counting in star wars and i think that might be one of them that's awesome that's awesome but yeah she had I, a lot of costume changes
2: i remember and this is totally off the point that we're making now i remember about three years ago, getting a sub at a local place called Roses. And there was, you know, maybe the kid was 18, 19 years old. And I have a Star Wars tattoo and he saw the Star Wars tattoo. Oh, I love Star Wars. So, you know, I said, I love Star Wars. And he said, Oh yeah, the prequels are like so great to me. And I, it was the first time I realized that, that the prequels, this movie being included where somebody else's first star wars exposure Yes,
3: exactly. Right.
2: And they love these as much as some people made fun of them, which I was not one of those people. Other people look at these as the films. Yep. Right.
3: No, I I yeah, I agree. I mean, we're all OGs here, right? I mean, so for us, the originals are the best. So you know, we're, we're getting so old now. <laughs> Different generations are really starting to, you know, I'm sure even the, the newest ones there sometimes might be, you know, I'm sure there's some people saw them for the first time, you know? So, I mean, believe it or not, like I, I work at UPS as well. There's some guys I work with. I don't know how true it is, but they claim they've never seen a Star Wars film. No,
2: that's impossible.
3: I don't think that's, I, I agree. Like, how could you not have seen at least one? You have Star to movie? try not to watch it.
0: Yeah there yeah, was, yeah I actually, exactly I actually worked with someone who took great pride in saying this so uh, this may come as a surprise Star Wars comes up in my conversations outside of the podcast. <laughs> and yeah. this person if if she was ever in the room and Star Wars came up she would interrupt and say you know I just have to let you know I've never seen a Star Wars yeah <laughs> so she would so it's far she, like she would brag about that that very fact yeah i mean i guess there are people out there so yeah there are there are some people out there
2: (laughs) when i (laughs) I was you
0: yeah
2: when i was in boston uh there used to be this i used to because it was a city and you don't know how to meet people i was on this like matchmaker app i forget what it was like a like a dating app. before there were apps it was like a website and i remember i dated this girl who found out that I like Star Wars, which is not hard. And, and she, and I said, yeah, it's Princess Leia. And she says, no, it's not, it can't be Princess Leia because that's a religious name. They would never use that. And I said, no, it's Princess Leia. She goes, you mean Leila? I go, no, it was Princess Leia. (laughs) And and there were people that just don't, you know, there really are some people that don't, either don't watch film or, or just aren't nerds like we are. Uh, But you know, what's interesting is, when we talk about being nerds, the reality is is that everyone's a nerd about something that's stupid. Everyone, every single, whether we watch, like my dad's a huge Mets fan, right? So he makes fun of me when I go to Star Wars conventions. He's like, "Oh, you look like an idiot wearing that outfit." I'm like, "Dad, you go to the uniforms. You go to these fucking Mets games wearing the jersey. What's the difference?"
3: Yeah, he dresses up right. Right. right, you're not that's even right. on
2: the team. Right, that's you're right. not on the team. You're not getting paid. Yep. None of the, it's all just stuff we like to enjoy. Just shut up. Enjoy it. But yeah, there's some people that haven't seen it. Yeah. Right. feel very, yeah. very odd about that.
1: And that's one of the things like dating. And I've even, you know, I, I've been on all the dating apps, by the way. Uh, so in, in that, I, I, I'll i put Star Wars and I'll put some things because, you know, I, I'd rather, as I said, get somebody that's got a little bit of sci, sci-fi you know, geek in them. And, you know, my current girlfriend, some of you have met Lizzie. I love her. She's uh, the best. Yeah. She, she told me she loved Star Wars on our first date. And then I start, you know, I was, well, how do you, and then she's like, oh, I saw the movies with my, my sons and, you know, we would go. And then she starts, I'm like, really? I said, Look, you actually enjoy it. She goes, yeah, I would love to watch it. I'll, I'll watch it anytime. I said, you really? And no lie. What are do you doing next Tuesday? Starts, you know, <laughs> it was, hold on, Anthony. It was the next Tuesday. <laughs> we met out for drinks and then we did. In fact, Come back here and watch Star Wars. So oh my god, uh, she really? wins for yep, and we've been you know together over two years. So was oh yeah. original one person. Or Star
3: Wars which pays off. Which, which Star Wars yeah, the original one. the oh, OG the original. Okay. OG yeah all right. Oh my god, that's awesome. Was it the VH t- uh, VHS version? No,
1: I my VHS and version. I I had, and it was the blue box by the way that letter box when it came out it was the it was a yeah. big blue carrier. I, the tapes were ruined, uh, you know. So anyway, I I don't even know if uh, if, if they would work, but uh, but I did have a laser disc. I had somebody had a laser yep. disc, by the way, and that was Letterbox, and that's what oh, I realized. Yeah, There's probably. an extra moon, by the way. If you want to talk about you know this stuff, we grew up watching when it was on HBO and TV. It was four three. Mm-hmm. Uh, ratio and then, but there's that extra planets in fact, when yeah. Darth Vader's talking to the guy trying to figure out where the plans are, there's a guy getting roughed up in the right side by the stormtroopers, <laughs> but you <laughs> yeah, don't see yeah. that unless you got the widescreen edition, which once I saw that, I never yeah.
0: went back to that four three so that's right, yeah oh
2: my God, Ken, do you have
0: these laser discs that- those I don't have I do have oh, some vHs tapes no no VCR to play them, but I, right. I have those in storage um, in fact i ha- <laughs> I think I may even have a vhs tape of a phantom menace
3: Mm -hmm. um it came
0: in like a special a a special box with a with a a small art of book and and everything i found that at a at a convention or a toy show at one point Mm -hmm. Um, but lately my 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 focus has been on the on the books you know getting a lot of the the older art of books and making of books Mm -hmm. you know some of the jw rinsler things and and stuff like that but nice. i don't have any of the laser discs <laughs> <laughs> do you have one more uh favorite thing steven that you want to share i
1: i have yeah my last thing is uh when the clone troopers showed up in the trailer so we get we can all talk about remember the episode one trailer when that came out it was like really small you have to download it on the dial up you know and you know by episode two we're on cable modems at that point and but that when that thing came on and we all got to watch it when the clone troopers show up and they got all the smoke from the battle you know, and they got those rifles, and they're just like laying yeah. down it. And I'm like watching, oh, what the hell? holy cow! This exceeded expectations, you know, because we, you know, stormtroopers, we just know, you know, they just run around, and you know, we we've seen the stormtroopers, and they were scary when I was a kid, but they're not so scary because you realize they can't shoot, or they don't, they <laughs> shoot a lot, but they just don't hit anything. But these guys actually, they're they're like tagging people, you know, and, and you you're, you're watching a movie, you're like, not only are these clone troopers fan freaking tastic. And I love the, you know, the same actor voiced it all, you know, uh, as right. Morrison. so you, you had that, but all the different paint to, you know, the different divisions that they're in and stuff like that. We got to see Rex. And so it goes and it introduces these characters that end up being very big characters in the, in a greater spec, uh, in the clone wars. But when they showed up in that firefight, that was one of the, like the greatest things I've seen in a trailer so, of course, I'm going to see it anyway. But that one scene with them just land, just laying, I was like, I'm in. So that's what the another one of those big memories I have is the trailer. And then to get to see that on the on the screen, which, you know, then again, you know, as, as you mentioned, we get to see all the Jedi come in. But I wasn't even thinking that. I just wanted to see these clone troopers. But yeah, yeah pretty fantastic. So whoever came up with any of that design work for the clone troopers, the helmets, everything, that was brilliant. I loved it. I can't believe we haven't mentioned that until now because the clone troopers are literally
2: in the title, right? And we haven't mentioned them. They're they're the biggest thing that came out of here. I mean, the clone troopers before this movie were something that had been talked about. You know, when Ben Kenobi said, "I knew your father from the Clone Wars," we have no idea what the hell that meant. Nobody had any idea what that meant. Right. Right. And then you see the clone troopers for the first time, and they had this kind of rocketeer look to them. You know, with Mm -hmm. this this kind of beautiful Art deco look that evolves into the stormtroopers in the next film or two. Uh, but yeah, that scene that you're mentioning, the, the 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 clone troopers firing into that dust cloud when you see blue and red yeah. layers. Incredible, you're like if I was there, I'm just shooting it, whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't <laughs> I know but I don't shoot shoot
1: <laughs> And also they had an interview with uh uh, for, before you know the Obi Wan series, they, they did that one thing interview with uh, Ewan McGregor, and he says, "Yeah, it's great." I and he he was starstruck because he got to see stormtroopers. Mm. Now, what's interesting? He, he's never he's never been in a scene yeah. with a stormtrooper.
2: Well, and that's what's interesting, Ken. Why did they choose to have? I still don't really understand why they chose digital clone troopers over live action. Well, clones.
0: from a from a costuming standpoint, those yeah. those suits of armor are incredibly hard to make and function in and if you watch the 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 scenes that they're in you know that that battle that we're talking about i can't even imagine how challenging it would have been you know in 2002 to create costumes that you could put people in to perform all of those those things
2: wow okay
0: it was probably a lot cheaper and, and easier just i mean every every clone trooper you see um in armor is computer generated there's not a single there was not a single suit of armor made for attack of the clones
2: that's amazing it really is because you they don't look they look real
3: i mean mm-hmm. i never I bought it i mean i never once said oh my god are just a bunch of computer guys running around you know so.
2: i didn't know that until years later like why there's no outfits what's going
0: on right i thought they did a wonderful job too afterwards going back to what you're saying steven about the 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 clone wars animated show Mm -hmm. you know so what we saw is just this this single kind of person you know clones became so much more you know they they had tattoos and different hairstyles and so even though they had the same genetic makeup they they became personalized they became individualized and so that goes back to what i was talking about earlier about some of those deeper lessons you know, mm-hmm. that we, even though we may have the same genetic material, we have such a wide variety of, of experiences and ideas and, and, and stuff. And how, oh, yeah. how different are the clones from the droids? Because droids were built to perform certain functions. Clones were created to perform certain functions. So, you know, right. it brings up the idea of, uh, uh, um, the, how do I describe it? Just the, the the ethics of mm. of of robotics cloning. and cloning and stuff like sure. that. Yeah, yeah. So Roger Roger, <laughs> is this the
2: first time yeah. the Roger Roger droids? I oh, know it's the, the showed up in the first one. That's yeah, right, that's the, first the one. second time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm watching them now, but these are new ones. Are like more reddish. They're like more blended into the environment.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: All right, Ken. I think this is a pretty good show.
0: And I have one. I learned final some one. My final yes. favorite part, and I saved it for last on purpose. Oh boy. Um... I appreciated that this movie had more Jar Jar Binks. I had more <clears throat> Jar Jar in this one. Not necessarily more, but that that he was included in it at yes. all. Yeah. yeah. Because of the backlash after the first one, yeah. you know, there was there was concern that they weren't going to have Jar Jar in it. And George just said, "I mean, it was his favorite character. He he made you know his his children were involved in his creation, and as a a, a nudge to the, the folks that gave him so much flack. The working title for Attack of the Clones was actually Jar Jar's Big Adventure. You know, so George, <laughs> George had bigger plans for Jar Jar yeah. and honed them down. But I'm so glad that he kept Jar Jar sure. in this movie because if you really, really think about it, Jar Jar was influential mm-hmm. in what ended up happening. Sure. He, you know, he yeah. listened to Palpatine and he's the guy. Yeah. Who yeah. stood up in front of the entire senate and said you know we have to give this guy more power yep you know oh so, my god wouldn't it be great if
2: jar jar shows up in obi-wan kenobi series
1: <laughs> but I'm man i will shed a tear if he dies in the obi-wan series <laughs> but if he i say this if you want jar jar to get redemption have him go out in an epic way saving obi-wan he
2: can't How- can he die in that series when
0: when what's his can you know the story of Jar, Jar Banks, or does it just kind of get lost? Well, he d- he does end up back on Naboo, from what I understand. Mm. He yeah, had a love interest too, didn't he? He, he had a, well, he had a love interest Ooh. in the Clone Wars. And yeah, the Clone Wars, yeah, did. he saved right. Mace Windu's life once. Right, um, right. And what? in one of the books, on uh, I think it was back on Naboo, he was actually responsible for helping to take care of uh, children who were orphaned from the war. Mm. You know, so he's kind of served as a as a court jester um, slash babysitter role model for for, for children.
1: He hmm. so, to take care of all the children.
2: Didn't Michael Jackson try that once? It didn't, it was a, <laughs> well,
0: well it's funny that you say that because Michael Jackson actually wanted to be Jar Jar. <laughs> kidding. So so for a Phantom Menace. Wow he actually petitioned for, to, for george to put him in the movie
1: wow and george jar jar has a significant you know uh from a creative standpoint he was the first digital fully digital character and that was a big yeah. i mean look Huge at how we deal. take it for granted now like all these digital characters like even the clone troopers right that right. all everything goes back to jar jar banks avatar would have never been like everything goes back to the creation of jar jar banks again Hats off to George and the entire ILM team for pulling that off. And also, you know, to the actor that played Jar Jar. So, you know, which I still think we need to give my um, best a, another a bigger yes, props, role outside of the costume. Give him give him a
0: role. Yeah, yeah. A bester
1: role. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, this has been an awesome episode, guys. I'm really uh, appreciative of you coming on board and, and sharing your, your love for something that's, that's 20 years old with us and the rest wow. of the fans. Oh my
2: God, 20 Dude. years old.
0: Damn.
3: Damn.
0: <laughs> We're getting old, Anthony. We're
3: getting old, man. Getting.
0: <laughs> and it doesn't, I think one of the best parts of this whole thing is it doesn't seem like there's an end. There's so much room for more stories. There's so much room for more creativity. There's so much room for either bringing back older characters and expanding their story more or introducing us to new ones like dinda Jarin and 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 so on
2: it was interesting um, I, I, on the way here i got here about five minutes before the podcast started and i was at my at the high school my son's on the rowing team and we were all getting together and i had to leave early so you know there's a whole bunch of parents getting ready for the first week of rowing and i'm leaving early and someone said like, where are you going i go i gotta record this podcast podcast what is a star wars like a star wars podcast how do i join and it's one of those (laughs) things that like people just this is a very important part of people's lives and and i'm very happy to have shared like i love this podcast and i know this is self-benefiting here but i would never have really taken the time to watch in detail attack of the clones unless we're doing it on the podcast and that's what I really enjoy about the podcast is it forces me to love something to, to, to take the time to enjoy something I already love anyway. So Ken, thanks for picking this as a great topic. Obviously, you know, Star Wars Celebration is using the 20th anniversary hats, which I think are really nicely done. Yep. I actually bought one today. Um, but Ken, thanks for putting this podcast itinerary together. And I look forward to the next one. Uh, I had a lot of fun tonight.
0: tonight. Thank you made to force me with you <laughs> oh take care guys
2: oh wait wait ken you're gonna close it out this way we gotta close it out the right way oh, yeah.
0: oh so we, we might as well we might as well close it out yeah right you gotta way. close it out so so we'll start we'll go we'll go the other way so we'll start with steven dexter anthony will end with me who do you want to thank tonight Deep. <laughs> all right
1: i'm gonna go with uh ahmed best I'm going to go with the actor to play Jar Jar Binks, and you know I am rooting for you, and I hope Lucasfilm gives you a substantial role in all this, uh, all these shows that we have going. You know, let's 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 get this guy something, you know, to you know, and give him a double role. It's happened before. There's been people to do different things. Let's let's do it. Give him a shot. I'd like to thank him for, you know, putting up with all that, uh, you know, hatred, even though you know the actor was just he got a, a job of a lifetime. And it ended up, you know, coming back and on him. And that's always a shame. Yeah. Well, well
3: I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, and I hope I don't steal one of yours, but uh, I'm going with Hayden because, uh, you know, he took a little heat too from this movie. A little, yeah. a lot. <laughs> but you know what, I still enjoy it. I, um, I enjoy the, the, the movie following this one. Uh, and I'm looking forward to, you know, Obi-Wan. So, I mean, for, I mean, how many years, I guess, well, it'll be 22 years, right? Since uh, to Obi Wan. I mean, and I'm still excited to see him back on the big screen. So I'm, I'm going to go with Hayden.
0: How about you, Anthony?
2: I'm going to go with the effects artist. Like this film was very difficult to make. You know, there's a lot of layers. On There's not one shot, well, maybe a couple of the shots that were not in front of a green screen. And it's just, you know, I was just while we were, Dex was saying, I was watching the, the the clones land that big helicopter uh inside the arena and i'm like oh my god there's like layers on top of layers and there's clone troopers and there's characters and there's creatures and there's monsters and there's like lasers and that's just like a one two second shot so the fact that john noel and the rest of the team was able to pull this movie off is a goddamn miracle yeah and
0: that's for me what... i'm gonna thank you and um one for 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 his continuation of, of Obi-Wan Kenobi in Attack of the Clones and that we get to see him again, you know, very, very soon. May 25th this year, which is, you know, 20-year anniversary of Attack of the Clones and 45th anniversary of, uh, of A New Hope. So Jeez. we're celebrating an anniversary with another new thing for all of us to enjoy. And I'm sure we're going to, you know, have six or seven episodes all about that, so so thanks for joining us everyone have a great great night and we'll catch up with you soon
3: all right take care
1: guys good night guys good night